0: Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie. And Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Hello. How you doing, Jen?
1: I'm doing super.
0: Yay.
1: Apollo is roaming free, so people might... Hear a dog? Hear a dog.
0: I, uh tried to kick my own animals out. Um, the only buddy, the only one that left was the dog, the cat. It's a persistent little shit. Hmm. Yep, so she decided to stay.
1: Fancy. What are you going to talk about today?
0: Okay, so we actually <laughs> recorded these, but then the mic on my phone was all kind of fucked up, so I would like to re-record my one about Michigan uh, people missing... Mis- people missing in michigan
1: okay and i'm gonna do the man who finds the kk application in the police officer's home
0: i must admit do you remember when we first recorded it we were going back and forth about something and i looked up and um i did look up the story to see what was up with old boy
1: and it was hanging on the wall
0: it was hanging on the wall Yeah, The cop with the KKK app on the wall also has Confederate flags on the side of his truck. And he had been complained about for racial discrimination for using the N-word while beating on suspects.
1: I didn't hear about that one.
0: Yeah. As soon as we um, went to go re-record and I was like trying to figure out, you know, what you had said from before, I looked it up and I was like, well, well, well. Sneaky little shit, mister. Right. All right. Do you want to go first or second? I honestly can't remember how we did it.
1: Oh, I don't care. Would you like me to go first?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Go first.
1: Okay. So August 2019, the Washington Post had an article where they interviewed Rob, who toured a police officer's house in Muskegon, Michigan, to see if he wanted to purchase it. Okay. When Rob was walking through the house, he ran across a KKK application The officer also had placemats of a Confederate flag on them. In the garage, he had decorated NASCAR and two Confederate flags. Rob actually called the officer one of the most racist men in Muskegon.
0: You know, I was just wondering, how does he qualify that? There could be people who are quietly more racist. We don't know.
1: That that is true. (laughs) I would would say he should have said the most racist person he knows
0: you know what that probably would have been a better statement because we don't know there could be more racists out there maybe this guy's not even that great of a racist we don't know
1: (laughs) that's true the muskegon police opened an investigation and the officer was put on administrative leave and how the police found out about this was actually that article and he had rob had posted this on facebook
0: Oh, so was, yeah. yeah. Oh, I do remember reading that because he originally yeah, posted it on Facebook and when it blew up, that's when the cops were like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. This incident opened up scrutiny from a 2009 case where the officer fatally shot a 23 year old black man and was later cleared for responsibility of the man's death. Yes. The officer was fired on September 12, 2019. And then the investigation happened. The 421-page report, which is out there for people to read, was released to the public after the investigation. The officer claims the Confederate flags found in his home were part of an extensive Dukes of Hazard collection. He also claimed the KKK application was from his passion of U.S. history.
0: I just want to know, this... what about the decals on your truck, buddy? Those are also Confederate flags. And not to mention, the only part of Dukes of Hazard. That ever had a Confederate flag was the General Lee, the car. Yeah. Does he have you know what? I would have been more impressed if he had pictures of Day, you know, posters of Daisy Duke because she was hot in those shorts. I mean, they named short shorts after her. Short jean shorts. You know what I mean?
1: She was good looking.
0: Yeah. I mean, she was hot back in the day. And the not to I did have a crush on the Luke Boys. Yeah. Duke boys, I mean Luke and Bo Duke. Yeah.
1: So the police officer's friends backed up his claim that he was an antique collector. And he a lot of antique guns. Okay. The twist came when looking this up was when the police had records in which this police officer had multiple run-ins with the couple who toured his house and found his memorabilia.
0: Yeah, and these. Yeah, I don't think it's an accident that this couple who feels like um, he had harassed them. I don't think they accidentally showed up at his house. I think they uh, like used the sale of his house as an excuse to see it, to you know, to go inside. But I don't think I don't know if they would have known about the KKK app on the wall.
1: Yeah, and so yeah. these these run-ins dated back to 2008. In 2008, the couple was pulled over for speeding. The wife actually got out of the car and started hitting the officer in the face.
0: Yeah. He also well, arrived- That was the police report that he wrote. You know what I mean? Not, I mean, I shouldn't shit on him just because he's a racist doesn't mean he's a liar, but that was what but the, he, yeah.
1: But I'm, I'm going to say one thing yeah. in his defense Okay. She did plead guilty to it.
0: Maybe she did. She
1: did admit to doing it. Yeah. So if you didn't do it, why would you admit to doing
0: it? You could be a racist and pull someone over and have them hate you. I think that both things can happen. I really don't think all his Confederate flags were the the Dukes of Hazards.
1: Yeah. Because this one guy was talking
0: about how he got beat up 12 years ago by the cop who was using racial slurs and who just charged him with everything you can imagine to charge somebody. And the guy spent 12 years in jail.
1: Wow. Yeah. He also arrested the nine when she was in a bar fight. The officer was also called to the home multiple times for domestic abuse. Bones. After... Sorry.
0: That was my cat being an asshole.
1: After the report came out, the police department said he he didn't do anything wrong. But they couldn't hire him back because, of course, the citizens had no trust in him.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I actually read that more than one person had complained about him. And so I was wondering if there were, like, people have been complaining about him. He shot an unarmed black man. He has a Confederate flag on his truck. He has them in his house. People have complained about him being racist. And, you know, now that this came out and isn't at the attention of everybody, we just can't have him here. Because I guess the guy that said, you know, he beat me up and used racial slurs tried to bring a case against him 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that's messed up. Because we don't know what the truth is. I mean, all of that could be the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what do you got? Okay. So I, uh, sorry, I was fighting the cat. So (laughs) uh, Crime Stoppers is what I've used, CNN.com upnorthlive.com thefreecrest.com or Freep. click on Detroit and the News Herald oh also Live. so I just did a lot of like uh, missing women ones okay. and the one that um, the first one that came to me was from one of our listeners named Chris who mentioned this on Facebook and it's the disappearance of Gina Collins oh and Chris I was like oh yeah my brother-in-law he's a trucker Like my brother-in-law, Ben. And he said that Gina went to school with uh, Chris's wife, with his wife. And that's what brought the uh, disappearance to his attention. But I forgot to ask what his wife's name is. (sighs) Sorry. I'm sure it's a lovely name. A nice lady. (laughs) (laughs) So The the disappearance of Gina Collins is one of the ones that just creeps me out when things like this happen because... It's somebody disappearing without a trace. You know what I mean? So Gina Collins, uh, her middle name is Shirley. She went missing on New Year's Eve 2013 leading into 2014. And she was last seen in Flint, Michigan, at the corner of Pettibone and Fenton Road. Gina was 19 years old when she went missing. And she was last seen around like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night on the night that she went missing. So New Year's Eve. And Gina is a white woman. She has naturally brown hair and hazel eyes. And she's about five, seven. And at the time she went missing, her son was like two years old. Then I started to do the math on it. This He's like eight years old now. And I was like, oh, this poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's literally, she made a phone call from a nearby phone. Somebody saw her standing on the corner, you know, just not like, you know, working the corner, but just standing there. And then boom, Nobody ever sees her again. And I always like, you know, I'm someone that always thinks about all the different scenarios. Like, did she accept a ride from someone she knows? You know what I mean? Because it's almost midnight. You might be looking for somewhere to go when the ball drops. Did she just get in a you know, like a, a like a, an acquaintance's car? And he's like, look, I'll give you a ride home. Or was she just like snatched off the street? Yeah. Unsolved murder style, you know? I think she
1: got snatched off the street,
0: oh my gosh, that's yeah I, was thinking, I think most yeah, people like, do yeah, I'm either thinking snatched off the street or someone she thought was safe, she got into the car and they were not a safe person. You know what I mean, but if you know anything about Gina um crime Stoppers is working on her case, you can call one eight hundred four two two jail j a i l but I was like, yeah, oh my gosh, I always worry, I always worry, I wonder, yeah. So the other one is this one that drew my attention because a woman claims that men are, she's has, she's having a shootout in this remote cabin with these men, the police go to check on her and she's gone and they never, they don't find her. So Adrian Quintle called a friend on October 17th, 2018 at about 2 34 in the morning and Adrian who goes by Ada was at an address to a cabin in honor michigan but she's actually from southfield but she's staying at a friend's cabin okay She's 47 years old and ada told her friend that two men were outside her cabin and they were shooting at her and she said that she shot one in the face while returning fire and ada um her friend you know asked her friend to call the police for her so ada's friend does call the police and they arrive at the residence in about 13 minutes because there was some issue with the address in honor and ada was not at the home and there were bullet holes in the window panes and evidence that bullets had been fired from inside the home and there were spent shell casings in the cabin and they also found a nine millimeter handgun that was registered to ada Uh her purse and her shoes were in the home and her vehicles parked outside right but she's just gone There wasn't any evidence of two other people being at the cabin. They didn't find any blood evidence that backed up her claim that she shot a man. And police with canine units did track to a pond that was about 800 yards away that had been created by beavers. But they didn't find Ada. So nine weeks later, in December 21st, uh, 2018, Ada's family is still looking for her. And they had broke down part of the beavers dam to help drain the pond to help with the canine search. And the next day, after the water had receded about three feet, they do see what they think is a body in the water. And they called the authorities and they removed the body from the pond. And immediately they thought it was Ada because they could see some scars and a tattoo on her ankle. So foul play is not suspected and her death was ruled accidental. So according to the toxicology reports, she had a significant amount of meth in her system. And there wasn't any trauma to her body. <clears throat> so what they believe is she did a lot of meth. She starts to hallucinate. She gets paranoid. And for she thinks she's in a shootout with two men. She, for some reason, goes outside without any you know coat or shoes on either she falls into the water and dies of hypothermia or she goes into the water for some reason and dies of hypothermia. But it, there weren't, there wasn't actually two men that were kidnapping her, which originally, originally, all you know is that she says she's in a shootout and then she disappears. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she's been taken. But it turned out she actually had a drug problem. Yeah.
1: And I still don't understand how it took them so long to find her.
0: I mean, eight.
1: 800 yards. Yeah, well, they had dogs.
0: Yeah. Well, the dogs led them to the pond, but they don't see her when they get there. And at that point, I think maybe her body had sunk.
1: Hmm.
0: But I know that when we die, like our body fills with gases, and that's one of the things that pulls us to the top of the water. So I don't know.
1: Maybe I think that takes so many days.
0: That's true. That's true. So they don't see her right away, and then they start to take down the beaver pond. The water goes down by about three feet, and that's when they see her body. So I also wonder, like, did her foot get stuck under a log and she goes to pull it out and then she gets too cold and she dies? I don't know. Yeah. It's all speculation <laughs> by me. And like I said, Michigan, we don't have wildfires. We don't have hurricanes. We don't have earthquakes. You know, we don't have a lot of stuff, but the cold will kill you. We will kill That's you with the right. cold. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right? Yeah. So the next story is about this woman. Her name is Irene Kin, K-I-N. And she was 86 years old, and she went missing on February 1st, 2020. And I saw that my mom had posted something about her disappearance on Facebook. <clears throat> and that was one of the things that caused me to look her up. She was from Brownstown, Michigan. And on <clears throat> excuse me, February 16th, 2020, around 3 p.m., the police were called to Riverview Land Preserve. Somebody had set a car on fire there. But when they, you know, upon inspection of the license plates, the police were able to determine that it was Irene's car. And it was quickly determined that Irene was not in the car. And authorities detained two kids that were responsible for setting fire to the car. And police determined that the kids hadn't seen Irene and they were only interested in setting the car on fire, right? They're like, do-do-do-do, what is that? It's a vulnerable car. Let's see how well it burns, right? Mm -hmm. So Irene's body was found some distance from the car in a remote area of the preserve that's under the jurisdiction of the Department of Natural Resources. And it was determined that she parked her car and then wandered off getting lost. And she might have had some form of dementia, and she had wandered around previously. And the police concluded that Irene had died from hypothermia. There was Uh no trauma, no fall play, and her death was listed as an accident.
1: Well, at least it was an accident, I
0: guess. Yeah. Still well, I sad. I think that Ada lady was an accident too, right? She, she had too much meth, hallucinated, and died, you know. That's still sad to me. And I wondered where she was for weeks. And then when I found out she had wandered, I, I was hoping that she had wandered off. Oh, no. Anything besides died in a pond. Yeah. So I have one about a Jane Doe case that was solved. So. Late summer of 1988, Marcia Kalen Bateman was reported missing in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. She was 28 years old, and she had been reported missing by her worried family members. And the police in Oklahoma were looking for Marcia, but they stayed within the state of um, Oklahoma, right? October 12, 1988, a hunter found the remains of a woman in Van Buren County, Michigan, about two miles from the Lake Lake Michigan shoreline. She was found near the intersection of I-196 and County Road 378. So they gave her the name, the I-196 Jane Doe. So NamUs was launched in to- of 2007. It's the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. And in 2018, Kalamazoo Mortgage, it's, that's a company, they made a donation to the Michigan State Police. And, they, and the Michigan State Police used those funds to send the I-196 Jane Doe femur to be tested for DNA. And so this was like 30 years after the body had been found. So I have a question for you. So say this was like your mom who had been missing 30 years. Would you rather know that she was found or would you rather uh, have hope that she's still out there?
1: I would want to, I would want to know.
0: Me too. I was talking to a coworker that was like, no, you know, that, that ruins somebody's hope, but I was like, "But at least you know the truth, right?"
1: Yeah, but I think at some point, at least for me, yeah, that I would not recognize that hope's not real. True. You know what I mean? So I think when you hope for something, but you darn well know what the outcome's going to be, yeah, it's not making you feel any better.
0: You know what? Like, that's true.
1: That's for me. So I wouldn't. I would recognize that my mom's probably dead it's definitely dead yeah not really back. and I would prefer to know and, and be able to just put it aside you know finish that true. up I don't know what true. word I'm looking for but closure yeah closure I'd rather have that closure and be done with it because even if I sat here and yeah she might be alive well come on after that long she's not alive
0: true usually not So, okay, so by the time 30 years later, when they the um in 2018, when the Kalamazoo mortgage makes a donation, Marsha Bennett's parents Bateman sorry, I don't know why I just called her Bennett, (laughs) it's Bateman. Her parents had passed away, but the DNA Doe project accepted the case. So, that's a you know, a company that works with DNA Doe's DNA Mm -hmm. from Jane Doe's and John Doe's. So they work with this genealogical database to whittle down family connections, because Michigan's not a state that uses genealogical databases. We don't use, we don't compare them against the public databases. Wow. So, the, so we use, I don't know, only like thirteen states do. Yeah. So we, we, so what we did is our police gave it to this group, and the group does use the um, databases. So in August 2018, they believed Marsha Bateman was the link to the I-196 Doe. In early November, 2019, they were able to confirm the connection and Marsha's aunts and cousins had been notified of the discovery. Marsha had been a known drug user and she was known to support her habit with prostitution. Marsha was known to hitchhike between Dallas, Los Angeles and Oklahoma, and she had no known ties to Michigan. Michigan State Police commented that DNA was the only way to identify her as they didn't have any dental records or fingerprints to work with to match Marsha. And since then, they've received enough funding to run DNA tests for six other does that were found in Michigan. And the doe cases range from 1979
1: to 2014.
0: Wow. Yeah, so our police need a donation so that they can find out who killed you. It's a little bit sad. It is sad. I know. Too bad I don't have more money and we can make things happen. Right? I'd be killing it, just so you know. <laughs> You would be. I would be. So just question, what are you doing today during the quarantine?
1: Um, I've been working. That's right. I did yesterday. Well, I did yesterday manage to get two loads of laundry done. And I went for a three-mile walk, which yes. was very good for, to clear my head. Okay. And then today I decided to do something different because, you know, how I – I had talked to you before about, you know, when I worked at home, and how you gotta put on a regular pair of pants every once in a while, make sure, oh yeah, you know, you haven't gained too much weight, your clothes still fit. Oh yeah, I'm I have nothing against gaining weight, but the fact of the matter is, is once I've gained weight and none of my stuff fits, and I have to buy something, then I'm really pissed. Oh yeah, hey, I got up this morning and took a shower and. I actually brushed my hair and put on some real clothes. I didn't work in my robe.
0: Hey. Now, I've been doing stuff like I cleaned the couch with like a toothbrush and and a vacuum. And I've been doing laundry and I cleaned out the basement and all our closets. I mean. and Oh, you're
1: going to have the cleanest house in town. And then when you're done, you can come here.
0: I might, dude. As long as you stand six feet away from me, you'd be fine. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I can do that.
0: Sweet. Shit, right. I'll uh, stand in the yard. I know. Just, just yell instructions. I'll open the window, okay? <laughs> All right, okay. Jeff. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Contact us at anchor or Michigan and other mayhem at gmail.com or on Facebook to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, or correct us when necessary subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye-bye now.